Thank you for listening to Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body. This is Episode 31, Act 2, Rachel Watts, Arts and Revolution for Liberation, recorded June 6, 2020, in Brooklyn, New York. So prudent kids all screaming about irrevocability. Let's burn some bridges, earn some stitches, and fight our own way free. Cause the rules don't lie, but they don't apply to people like you and me. Let's start it up now. 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 Now they say it's all decided, all divided, all laid out. And the pushcart man with a three-part plan can't understand what you're shouting about. But when the past they plow, the lives allowed are the only roads you can see. Just remember who walls were built to fall for old people like you and me. Let's start it up now. 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 Hey, hey, TA community. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of our global community. Help us spread the word and tell a friend or a colleague to subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or any podcast player. Follow us on social media platforms like the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. And we now have a pod shop. Yeah, go to teachingartistry.org slash pod shop, all one word, and buy yourself a, a t-shirt, long sleeve, crew neck, v-neck, or a mug, holds a lot of, a lot of liquid, sure I'm thirsty, I love mine, or maybe in the air conditioned homes that you're in, it's a little chilly, get yourself a hoodie. Or you got to go shopping or, you know, we like to keep uh, ourselves a little uh, climate justice. Yeah. Uh, Get yourself a tote bag because that tote bag hold a lot. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Shop to your heart's content. Hmm? In the last few months... It's been thrilling to expand the podcast to include a new video series on YouTube called Keep Making Art in partnership with Creative Generation. There are 30 episodes of Keep Making Art. This series is coming to a close, but I encourage you to subscribe to the Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body YouTube channel. Like I said, 30 episodes. Have you watched them all? have you go there watch learn get inspired and enjoy also stay tuned for what comes next last week in one and eight act one of this episode you heard a bit about my own journey in the midst of the rebellion that we are in and how anti-racist work is deeply personal, but also visible. And I'm tired. I'm so, so very tired. I 
feel like I'm on the verge of tears at every turn, every moment. And actually, I, I, I've cried probably about five times today alone. I carry a lot of weight on my shoulders. Not just as a black woman, a cisgendered black woman, but in the myriad roles that I hold, I have a lot of responsibility. And in the midst of a pandemic, this pandemic that has always been here needs attention. It needs focus. And I'm recognizing that I must embrace the leadership that I have, that I must actually remind myself that I am a leader. And the best kind of leaders I look to tell their own stories. They share of themselves as a way for us to process and learn together. So I will continue to do that. And one of those leaders that I look to learn from and walk with is the remarkable Rachel Watts. An artist and educator, Rachel joined me on the Keep Making Art video series and she started out saying something that has been swirling around my head since recording this. She said, the curated narrative against black people I'm unclear if she was quoting somebody or if this was something that she just said, but it's, well, I believe that this is the basis for the work she shares um, in this episode about the work that she's doing with teens and the tremendous, tremendous arts education advocacy that she leads for New York public, uh, New York city public school kids to have access to arts education, both during this pandemic and in the future, the summer, the fall, the new school year, while we're in the the midst of an an economic crisis, she's been campaigning. Um, sorry, she's been, uh, coordinating campaigns and testified, um, in multiple different hearings, uh, to the city council and um, is shows no sign of stopping. So here is episode 31, act two, Rachel Watts, Arts and Rebellion for Liberation. Hello, welcome to Teaching Our Issue with Courtney J. Body. That's me. This is a podcast that celebrates artists and advocates for community engagement and I've been home for many, many months now and looking to connect. And so we've launched this video series of the podcast in partnership with Creative Generation. Together, we are talking with creatives who are making and sharing art or they're guiding or advocating for others to make and share art. If you haven't, we ask that you uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we're also on all sorts of social media platforms. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter and we're on Instagram. So follow us on all those little fun places. All right, let's get to our guests for today. Let me introduce you to one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Rachel Watts. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Courtney. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm so happy that you're here with us. Um, you and I are swim buddies. Yes. <laughs> we haven't had that chance yet. You introduced me to that gym. That's I'm so true. grateful. I miss it. 
I miss it too. I miss the black hashtag black uh, mermaids. Um, how are how are you and your loved ones doing? Um, work. I'm I'm grateful for my health and physical safety mm-hmm. of home. Mm-hmm. I'm with a partner who knows how important it is for me to be me. So that's kind of good because you know in this quarantine life it might be a little hard if you're stuck with somebody that's <laughs> you know difficult to do it. Um, uh, I mean, it's it's been a tough week, you know, and feeling the weight of the country's curated narrative against Black people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I mean, in terms of the pandemic, I'm grateful. One of my longtime friends was in an induced coma, and he is now healing from it um, because of illness of COVID. Wow. And, uh, you know, in preparation for this, you know, I woke up this morning really wanting to talk to my parents my my mother recently passed is a white woman from Warren, Pennsylvania, and she married this black man from Trinidad and and they conceived and had me in Africa. And so I really just wanted to hear what they're thinking about everything. And I messaged my brothers and um, and, you know, I, I told them that and one brother responded and said, you know, mom would say it's going to be OK. And dad would say, we can't only sometimes love Africa. And I mean, in the context of today, I think it would be can't only sometimes love blackness, you know, because mm-hmm. um, he would say it in the context of in terms of that we'd have an emancipation and everyone would get pro-Africa and pro-black during that time frame, but not through the rest of the year, I guess, kind of like Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, we can't only sometimes. So yeah. it's a question of, you know, with all that's happening, how do we sustain the work that needs to be done? Yeah. So that's a lot of things that I've been thinking about. <laughs> that is a lot. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we do share uh, a lot in common. And also I'm always learning from you, but the the loss of parents is a, is a, it does weigh heavy and they are ever present um, yeah. in this moment very much so. Um, and I find myself talking to them a lot. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about your role in arts and arts education. Okay. Um, so let's see. I, I'm a trained dancer in modern and West African dance and um, visual art. I went to college to actually study visual art Um I fell in love with arts education at the Studio Museum in Harlem, where I loved, I worked in the education department uh, as an intern uh, initially. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really helped people, you know, in giving tours to young people and to adults, you know, helping them make their own meaning of the work. You know, sometimes they'd look at a piece and be like, I don't know what's going on. And just asking questions and seeing the light happen as they begin to make meaning. um, I consider my art now because I work in arts education. I'm director of uh, teen programs and DEI initiatives at Arts Connections. Um, I feel my work now is about facilitation, that my art is facilitation, mm-hmm. um, though I continue to be a lover of dance and visual arts, and I, I miss it terribly in terms of experiencing it in the company of others. Um, and I'm right now also a board member for the New York City Arts and Education Roundtable, where I chair, co-chair the advocacy committee. So that's been, we've been busy. Yes, you have been. And I've had your colleagues on the round table on the show who are also yes. friends. Um, yes. And, and I, um, you know, I, I have many people on lists 
for many different reasons and for possible guest lists, you were already on the list. But what the catalyst for me to be like, oh, I need to I need to like pull, you know, get get going on asking uh, was the fact that you as a representative of the advocacy committee of the roundtable spoke uh, at like, what was that? The fourth, fourth and four and a half hour uh, moment within a nine or 10 hour session of testimony to city council about arts education. And I was, I, I, one, you know, wow. Two, I was so impressed by your four minutes or your two minutes or whatever it was, but, um, you know, thank you for doing that so, so much. Um, do you, do you want to, so I know that you have a a project that one of the things that I think is really has been really interesting that kicked off this particular um, video series. Um, obviously, the podcast is very much about advocating for arts and arts education for everyone. And um, when COVID first happened, it was like, you know, we have to make sure that people are still making art. And I signed on uh, as the podcast onto this campaign that was a, a, a sort of a national and international campaign. And then the podcast was born out of that idea, or sorry, the video series was born out of that idea. But in, at yeah. the same time, arts are essential were coming out. But you were just telling me before that that we I'd love to learn about that. But you were telling me that that actually there was a pre, pre predecessor, yes, yeah. to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say that first that you know Shoba Jen and Kim um, were an inspiration in a lot of ways to starting it. They, um, you know, when everything happened they and and um, I believe Kinsey as well really turned around quickly and did a few town halls to kind of help people because we nobody knew what was happening and understood what was happening and and they were the ones that made me go I need to kick it into high gear so I'm, I'm really grateful to them for starting it and um, um, and then supporting the idea that it, that I came to them which was the hearts are essential campaign mm-hmm. um, what what happened for me was I I had just come I grew up in Trinidad um, that's where I, I, how I define myself. It's a big part of how I define myself being Trinidadian. Mm. Um, and uh, I, so I had just come back from Trinidad uh, where there was carnival and uh, spent time with, uh, with good friends. And the, the thing that's important about it is one, I was missing it, right? I was just imagining how do you do carnival now? You know, and I think that those questions are still out there that people are asking. Um, and the roots of carnival, the roots of the non-commercialized parts of carnival are in rebellion, street protests. You know, it's a confluence of music and pan, which is very hard to colonize, and seal drums, um, and, and mass, masquerade, putting on a costume and embodying something. So it's this street festival where people come together. You are part of a community, but you also have a, a sense of freedom in in being not in your of the regular world that you live in, mm. and um, so it made me kind of think about why I believe arts are, arts and education is important because that feeling, that sense of freedom, you know, like um, Nina Simone says, you know, uh, freedom is no fear, um, comes from the experience, the arts experience, mm. and. I, I do arts education for that reason. And I want to help artists and young people kind of like build the skills to have no fear, to think critically, to ask questions. Um, and when the schools closed and we were told we couldn't continue our work remotely, I, 
I was devastated. I felt like, you know, this is when we need them. These kids need it the most, you know, recreating the school day without this element because it's not normal. It's not the regular world is, is, um, it's something we should be shouting from the rooftops. And I think I told Kim that I was like, why isn't anyone shouting from the rooftops? Um, and so that's kind of what, um, inspired me to to start the arts are essential campaign which i can talk a little bit more about but i thought i'd share a fun video that uh, my partner put together for me um and then i'll share also a project i did with some some young people on creating their own carnival costumes um as an as the inspiration for the arts are essential campaign Wonderful. if that's okay with of you. course the oh. visuals were stunning oh it's just stunning oh. yeah so that was I mean, I was kind of mourning, missing that energy of people and uh, being together. And I had done a project with young people at a time a few years ago where I wanted to work directly with young people. I hadn't done that in a while. Um, I used to run a youth center in California and I got the youth center was mostly staffed by young people. So it was a really kind of special place. Um, and I missed that energy of, of, of kind of like the entrepreneurship of working with young people as they learn jobs and build their own jobs and um so the tika project which is I, I, the hashtags were at the end of that um, video um for um not the hashtags but the the handle my twitter and instagram handle were there but it's tika project um i wanted to work directly with young people and um also in a community so not connected to an institution so i i, I worked at um, arts east new york an, an amazing woman named katherine green started this organization called arts east new york in east new york um and i was able to get eventually it was about 14 young people who were part of the project and and they brought a few friends with them on the day that we presented at labor day parade but the idea was to um help them learn about the roots of carnival and that celebratory protest component of carnival. Mm -hmm. We went to um, exhibitions, we had a dance class, we, you know, and then we started to design our own costume, our own band based on specific um, elements of uh, that they, things that were important to them. So I'm just going to share a few pictures um, from that, the work that they did, that they created was a band called Unity. And there was kind of a play on um, Queen Latifah, UNITY, mm -hmm. UNITY. Mm -hmm. um, and there were four sections that they put together. Um, so this is just an image of them working. And one of the trips was to an artist studio um, uh, that, and, uh, and this is one of the first sections that they created. And, and it was about recognizing the, the beauty and royalty of our ancestors that they were trying to design costumes around. Mm. And that was one section. It was called regality. So all the sections were kind of a play on unity, um, regality. This section um, was the one that I, I, that I felt was really strong um, and it was based on um, the idea of targeting black people um, for violence and cultural appropriation mm. for the purpose of financial gain. Um, so, you know, the enslavement of Africans for the purpose of financial gain, the violence against um, Africans, and then right through to now. And I just wanted to pause with the, this image um, of this young man wearing his costume. 
just because it just feels so um, relevant to today as well. And, yeah. and young people know it, you know, and young people feel it. Um, and young people are victims of this violence. Um, this is just an example of, you know, the places we went. We went to a place called Caribbean. It's actually been outside of the Brooklyn Museum a couple of times um, and did a workshop on entrepreneurship. Went to the Brooklyn Museum, did a dance class. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's just, just elements of the, of the project that I wanted to share with you and that, and, and that are still part of this concept of the arts are essential where you, you take a concept and you find a way to, to visualize it and make it visible, which is what I tried to do with the arts are essential campaign. This is me at Carnival in 2020. Um, and the one on the right is me um, at home, but uh, preparing for Carnival when I was a child. I think I was about 11 years old there. Um, that's adorable. Wow. So yeah, uh, that was inspiration for this idea that we cannot allow, you know, what happened when, when schools were closed is, and we were floundering, I felt like we were kind of like allowing ourselves to be dismissed, mm. you know, and mm. to say, oh yeah, there's bad stuff happening. Um, and yes, there was, but you know, who is supporting young people and families through this? Mm -hmm. And um, how can we help them process and find some joy and reflect? And uh, so I, um, I, I, I proposed Arts are Essential and just started getting people out there to sign up for a list. It ended up yeah. being about 140 people um, who basically committed to posting about Arts are Essential. Um, and especially because what was, what was the messaging from the DOE was that what the vendors do, what arts, places, lights, art connection, you know, hundreds of the New York City Arts and Education Roundtable represents, I think, a little over 200 organizations in New York City that have contracts with the DOE. Right. And I think it's more than that, too, that have contracts with the DOE. Um, and we were essentially told that um, remote learning will continue but non-essential vendors, you know, so us and the people that provide staples for the school would be, would not be, would not continue. Right. Um, and that's where the words arts are essential came, came up. Mm -hmm. and, um, and it was a four week process. And before the four weeks were up, um, there was an official um, uh, notice from the DOE that said remote learning can continue. So, um, I feel as though we helped shift that mm -hmm. in our in our efforts, and I was really proud of the group for mm -hmm. for rallying and bringing that together. And um, uh, we also put together a through the roundtable an arts in action conversation that got over a hundred people to be part of it. And through that, um, uh, the I, I co-chair the advocacy committee with David King, who mm -hmm. works at Community Word Process mm -hmm. Project, and he. And I were able to build the group to another to 10 people um, and started a whole other um, uh, uh, working on a whole other campaign. And that was me presenting to the finance committee of the city council and the education committee of the city council and um, and bill and we're still in the process of building towards um, uh, 
a campaign because budgets with in all that's happening right now, budgets mm-hmm. are being decided mm-hmm. and, you know, we can be, we are, we are distracted from that, but we, we need to kind of pay attention to that. There's local elections coming up, you know, there's mm-hmm. lots of things that we need to kind of make sure we don't forget about. Yeah. And so we're going to continue that campaign. Um, well, I, I want to thank you for, for sharing all of that. I, um, I knew about Tika project, but I didn't, I didn't understand the depth to which it, it, uh, the different, um, kind of projects run, um, and, and, or how it was affiliated. I wasn't clear on how it was affiliated or and that it's, it's not, it's you and, and it your, was your colleague. Yeah. And, um, you know, I used to live on Eastern Parkway, um, and now I live just South of there, but, um, I, I, I'm always floored. I have, okay, this is a, this is a side note, but I have like very high anxiety around crowds of people in general, um, mainly because people don't pay attention, have no spatial awareness. And then, and I get like a little swirly. So living on Easter Parkway, Labor Day was always like, sort of like I had to make a decision. Like, am I in it? And am I celebrating and enjoy and I want everybody to, to have the celebration but or am I like not (laughs) um and each summer would it would be a different thing but I always I always feel the I'm not I'm not as far as I know I'm not from any Caribbean nation at all um but it's it's the amount of pride the amount of joy the amount of um you know, care that you, that people take to put those costume pieces together or to yeah. celebrate or to share their culture is, has always been really exciting to me. And, and, and something that I sometimes feel I miss a little bit because I don't have like a flag except for the American yeah. flag to, yeah. does that make sense? So, so I, you know, I don't know what I'm saying really, but I just, th- I think that there's something really interesting that I hadn't ever really understood what you said about carnival being, you know, coming out of a rebellion. Yeah. Oh yeah. And how, you know, we are in, in a moment right now. Yes. Um, we're in several moments that are happening and it's a confluence. And I think there will be more to join yeah. of, you know, a pandemic that's, that's really broken down and stripped away some of the, um, what it, it's almost like you know the the lights were on and the cockroaches cockroaches would scurry but actually they stay right and, and not to say that in that you know people are, are cockroaches i'm not talking about people i'm talking about the the ways that people who have the power have um a savior complex or savior so they sort of built this cotton oh i don't know why i'm saying cotton but just this this sort of fuzziness around the issue and say no but we're addressing it but we're not re but are we is it being addressed and in a moment like this it's clear that even when you think you're you think you're doing enough it's not and it's actually indicative of something larger and then you add into the fact that there are people there are black bodies who um people see as un un that don't matter that don't matter Um, that, that happens with our young people thinking more specifically about our, our right. field. Right. And that mm-hmm. these are these black kids, these brown kids, there's this, there's this, well, we're, we're putting the, we're shoring these things up, but it's still from this place that is 
of power as opposed yeah. to of the community. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. Mm, I don't know if I ever thought of, I, I'm still formulating that idea, I think, but. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of, I mean, the, where I want to go into how we reassess arts education. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just want to just go back to the, the um, Labor Day parade because mm-hmm. those are black people. Yeah. yeah. And the difference in the vibe of that parade compared to Trinidad, right? The first time I went to the Labor Day parade, I saw snipers on the top of rooftops, police snipers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not the same. And you know, the barricades, the, all of that. So when you barricade people, (laughs) right? Where in a, in a, in a, in a festival, in a, in a, in a cultural forum, that's about complete inclusion right that when i was a kid i remember hearing that the police in london came to trinidad to learn how they managed crowd control um and the way they manage crowd control is being there if anyone needs them right you know imagine that and so the difference in the energy when you are caged right when you are being controlled is completely different and then in carnival in trinidad the idea of being in a crowd people are so aware of as drunk as they may be you know in a, as part of that there's an awareness that we are here together right so you bump into someone you get it you're like oh you know oh sorry you know there's a it's a completely different energy and that comes a little bit from that kind of like what you're saying this kind of like okay it's happening they're doing their thing we got to make sure we control it we'll let them do it right and um yeah, so it's a big difference. That's I wow, I have never thought I've heard stories. So I, I dated um somebody for a very long time who's Haitian and um uh you know, I lived on that on, on Eastern Pla- uh sorry, Eastern Parkway uh while dating him and it uh grew up in Brooklyn. He grew up in Brooklyn and he would tell me these stories. And you know, you hear them, but then I didn't grow up in Brooklyn. I, you know, like there's just something like if you don't live that experience, it's so hard to really get underneath that for yourself as somebody. It's not like you don't believe it's true. You see, of course it's true, but can I feel it? But he, he told me a story uh, of like, we were exactly the same age. So he, he would come to the parade when he was a kid um, and, you know, guns would, would somebody shot, you know, the gun went off and there he remembers his mom like grabbing his hand and running and like, but that, that idea of like, who, wh- who, who, what, <laughs> like, let's, let's unpack that for a second because what you just said about the idea of the carnival being about freedom, liberation, like true freedom means that there are yeah. no barricades. Yeah. And yet in America, we are very used to any parade there is a barricade that comes up. They barricade right. for New Year's Eve. They barricade. There are barricades up there right now. I just saw, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, and it's like it, you and you sort of find a way to say, well, it's to help with the flow, or you you start to it make is. excuses for it. Yeah. Yeah, but there aren't snipers at the St. Patrick's. Day. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and the way Carnival has been commercialized in Trinidad, it, it doesn't have the same, there is segregation. There are, mm-hmm. you know, ropes that people are using. So it's, you know, we are, we have begun to perpetuate mm-hmm. similar 
things, but um, but the, it's just about the root, where the roots of it came from, and, and trying again to bring that back, um, which is what I was trying to do with the with the with the teens as well. Right. So so how um, how in this moment as a wrap up, how in this moment can those artists who you know are mostly what we've been discussing here on this show has been about um, advocating for artists as well. And how do we engage artists or how can they be engaged in re-examining, reimagining, rebuilding yeah. in a post-pandemic um, I don't want to say I'm not going to say post-racial, but in a, in a, in a, like a different, let's change the paradigm. Right. And how can artists be a part of that abolitionist work that we need? Right. Well, first of all, we have to let them mm-hmm. be a part of that. Um, and um, I, a quote I've been sitting with this week mm-hmm. is from Toni Morrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wrote, uh, This is precisely the time when artists go to work. There's no time for despair, no place for self-pity, no need for silence, no room for fear. We speak, we write, we do language. That is how civilizations heal. And I, you know, I I, I can't remember if I mentioned before while we were talking or before, um, but just wanting to go to, you know, supposing to, I was supposed to start my PhD last year um, and I'm hoping to start it this year. Um, and I, you know, while I was furloughed, I actually, I'm actually back at work, but while I was furloughed, I, I found a presentation by a good friend of mine by the name of Megan Bang. Um, and she is um, a professor at, in the education department at Northwestern University. She's vice, vice president at Spencer Foundation where they fund education research. And she was sharing a project with a few colleagues and one of their research questions um, she she looks at, at, at decolonizing and using indigenous ways of mean ways of being and ways of making meaning, um, and and as a way to kind of like support young indigenous people from to thrive in their communities. And so one of the questions that she shared, one of the research questions, I I sat there and I was like. <gasps> just replace science education with arts education. And mm-hmm. that's the question, okay. right? Yeah. How can arts education move from an assimilative endeavor to one that contributes to thriving education systems, thriving families, thriving communities? How can arts education move from an assimilative endeavor? Having been in the field for a while and watching the field be defined, be institutionalized, Mm. where the funding comes from, what the funding is defined as what we should be doing. From my perspective, has limited the actual opportunities for young people to be creative, critical, imaginative, and think independently. And I think we need that. This is a time when we need to help them build those muscles. Mm-hmm. Because if they're not thinking independently, if they're not thinking creatively, they're not going to be part of the solution. Just like generations before. Um, so it's the idea of 
of analyzing arts education and, and, and dismantling how it's been assimilated into the education system. And that's the work I want to do. Mm. And that's the work I think artists should be allowed to do. Rachel, I want to do that work with you. I definitely need to learn because I'm, as you know, very good at navigating so many white spaces without even realizing it. Um, and so I want to be a part of making real impactful change. And that question is, is major to me. Would you mind like sending that to me so I can think about that <laughs> sure. and actually engage uh, our artists in that conversation? Something. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I stole it from Megan, um, who is amazing. She's, I'm grateful that she's there to kind of push my thoughts mm. and, um, uh, but it's definitely where I want to go with, with my research as well. Um, and yeah, I'll share it with you. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to close out. I'm going to do my little, my little outro. And if you can get ready, make sure you're, I play the video? yeah, I'm going to tell you okay. when. So, okay. uh, <laughs> I want to thank Rachel again for being an amazing guest. I want to thank you all for watching and, uh, yeah, if if you if you haven't already, we are also you know a real podcast with real uh, audio sound pl uh, platforms. So you can find us, uh, subscribe to us on SoundCloud or po Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. And yeah, remember to keep making art. <laughs>